and welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, a show where we talk about tabletop games and gaming topics of all kinds. This week we'll be talking about a different podcast about investing and games, and we'll recap TGTCon. I'm one of your hosts, Kitty. And I'm Chris. TGTCon 2 is this weekend, so of course we'll be giving a recap and announcing the winners of our $100 gift cards. But that, But after that... We're going to talk about a recent episode of the Rule Breaker Investing Podcast, which had a philosopher on to discuss tabletop games and how the gamification of real life may not be that good for us. But first, as always, a thank you to our Patreon friends of show, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sahara Wentworth, Michael Finley, Listener Doug, and the Gift of Gaze and Grace Lake. Huge thank you to all of our other patrons as well. Um, yeah, so a couple of announcements. We are recording on Zoom right now. We do have people listening. Starting possibly soon um we'll be switching our recordings to discord and then we will so it'll essentially be the same thing video come in chat all the same stuff um i just want to try it on discord i might try a couple weeks and see how it goes and if not we can go back to zoom it really depends on whether or not people like discord better than zoom or not so that is coming up no matter when you are listening all of the information on how to join our live show will be correct on our website. Yes. You can go to tabletopgametalk.com slash live. Typically, we record 830s on Monday. Now, the one of the advantages to doing it on Discord is if we have to last minute change schedule, because we were potentially going to last minute change schedule for tonight, because Fletcher's not here. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, what we can do is on Discord, just ping people and say, hey, we're starting a live recording in 20 minutes or whatever. And if you happen to be around, you can jump on. Can't do that as easily with Zoom and and a static web page. So just something to keep in mind if you've been avoiding our live recordings, because man, I just wish it was on Discord. Um, well, we will attempt to do that in the near future. Not on our Discord? Join it. Link in the show notes. Um, not in our BGA group? Join it. Another link in the show notes. Um, which I say there is a link in the show notes, but you still have to be invited to the group. So it's easier just to go to Discord and say, hey, can someone invite me to the BGA group? And there's a handful of people that will invite you almost immediately. Six mods will race <laughs> to see who can be the first one to get there. Yep. Who can go first? <laughs> um, also, if you... This has just popped in my head. If you're a Discord master... Let me know, ping me, because um, most of our features are fairly basic and there's all kinds of other things that you can do with Discord. And I wouldn't mind sitting down and list, like, you know, making it cooler. So if you're a master at Discord and want to help me make things cooler, let me know and we'll we'll set up a time to meet up. Um, Let's see what else has gone on. We did a what did you do this weekend? Mm, not much. Yeah, me neither. It seems like a really... <laughs> I had an extra long weekend because I took Friday off and I had today off. So I had four-day weekend. But yeah, so Friday was a lot of prep for TGTCon. And then Friday night... Between Friday night and Saturday, I'm pretty sure I played 15 games over the 30 hours. And then we went to a friend's house. I have no idea how many games I played. Um, I had to look... Well, I, I know I did because I got an award that said something about um, something Sprinter, where it's like, you've played 10 games in I, the last 24 hours. I also got the Sprinter Award this weekend. So, so. And then I just kind of counted from there as how many more. But you can go to your um, games played, I, I'm and that shows your reverse history of every game you've played. <sighs> Unfortunately, somebody just play, started a game right before we were recording this podcast. So now if I try to hit my notification button, it just takes me to that game. I have to go. First of all, problems. <sighs> yeah, so that game was I started. I did not realize until this weekend that My City was on Board Game Arena. Um, My City is a game that I bought and I started playing with um, Sydney and our friend Jen. And neither of them really are crazy about it. But I'm like, well, this is the perfect game for Kitty because Kitty loves tile laying games. <laughs> and it's also a legacy game, which you're not completely against and i'm like and bga takes care of it all for you so you can actually play all 24 chapters on board game arena for the entire legacy game of my city and i'm like yeah gonna do that so i'm making kitty play through an entire campaign of my city with me which sounds worse than it is because you typically in real life you would play three or three sessions at a time uh, and then you like there's like a this chapter break 
I think I don't know if they call them chapters, or whatever. But anyway, it's you play three at a time, and then you go to the next chapter and unlocks a bunch of stuff, and then you go to the next chapter and unlocks a bunch of stuff. But um, I played in twelve games. Twelve is good in in a day and a half. Yeah, and that doesn't include games that I had already started that finished over the weekend. Yeah, I had a couple. That was just my my TGT con specific games. Yep. Yeah, I, I am up to 776 games played, and I'm trying to get to 750 so I can start, you know, start my own alpha games. And yeah, so I'm going to do a countdown there. We're about 74 games away. I'm going to I'm going to play a lot of um, uh, Can't Stop. I'm just going to do <laughs> just like constantly starting real time games of Can't Stop. It's going to be amazing. Um. Yeah. So all in all, it was a. I I thought TGTCon was a raging success. I was constantly playing games. Um. There were usually tables. You know, multiple tables that were like full counts. I know that a couple games. There was a one a.m. Viticulture, one a.m. My Time Viticulture that kicked off with four players, I believe, and then there was like a two a.m. <laughs> <laughs> um, something that happened at that point, I was actually, I think it might've been 3am. I don't know. I just, I, I saw it start as I was fading off into Neverland. Um, but which bodes the question and we're going to talk about TGT con the giveaways. I'm going to do that ahead of time. So we're going to normally I save until the end of the show, but I'm going to do it now. Same rules though. Um, names have been drawn. I will announce them here, but in order to claim your prize, you have to ping me on Discord and say, hey, I heard my name. Um, in this case, Discord, because everyone should be on Discord, but sometimes it's email. Um, but the question is, is there going to be a TGTCon 3? And I don't know. So, but what I do know is what I want to do is have more real-time meetups. And I was talking to Kitty and Fletcher about this, and Kitty's like, I can't commit to another day of anything. <laughs> I'm busy. Yes, that's what she said. But what we realized is Kitty and I, uh, you know, Kitty, Sydney and I and Kitty and Spencer get together Wednesday nights typically and play games. So what we're going to do is say one Wednesday a month at basically 5.30 central time, um, we're going to just open it up for a real-time gaming meetup on Discord. And what we're going to do is the second Wednesday of every month, it will be kind of a real-time meetup. And I'll remind people as we get closer to it, I think we are not in a second Wednesday right now because it, you know, it's the 20th. But um, starting, hold on, I'm going to actually look for a date here. Second Wednesday, March 8th will be our first uh, TGTCon real-time Discord meetup where it'll... Not TGTCon, but TGT, real-time Discord meetup. Um, so it'll work a lot like TGTCon, where we get together and play games. It'll just be, you know, 5.30 to 11.30. You know, like a nice five or six-hour chunk of time. And just a time to set up real-time games, play with people, chat with people as you're talking, and really just kind of have a little bit of the fun of TGTCon on a regular basis. And hopefully that'll, like make other people say, oh, yeah, I would love to play more real-time games outside of that. Uh, but those are that's what we're going to commit to. So March 8th, that's going to be our first TGT Con Discord real-time meetup. I'm going to work on that name. <laughs> we'll come up with something snappier <laughs> by next week. Yeah. Uh, so keep that in mind. If you want to play real-time, that's what we do. Now, it's going to be Wednesdays because that is what works in our schedules typically. But I also don't have... I'm in my mind. I'm like, if that's successful, what we can do is kind of one off since like, Oh, this Saturday I'll be online, you know, Saturday night from six to 12. If people want to join for a meetup or something like that, but those will be more impromptu. Um, all right. I think that is our announcements in general. Kitty, do you want to know who won a hundred dollars for signing up early and playing a game? Am I supposed to pretend I didn't read this in the show notes an hour ago? Um, no, <laughs> but this is this is you know this person, right? This is the same person. I do. Okay, I, uh, both of these games were played with me. Ah, uh, this was not rigged. Kitty had no idea that I was even. Oh, no, I I did not know. <laughs> so, all right. Well, then I will let you announce the early bird sign up winner. The early bird sign up winner is John Thomas, who played 
Viticulture and Beyond the Sun with me. And I won both those games and feel a little bit bad about it, but not <laughs> as much because <laughs> he won in the end. Yeah, he won the cash. You won the points. <laughs> that Viticulture game was brutal. <laughs> I was the only person who had played before. Ooh. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I did not play any Viticulture <laughs> this weekend. Although Beyond the Sun was your first game. That was the one I taught, right? Yes. And what did you think about it? I really liked it. Very fun. Um, Not my usual go-to theme, but I really liked the gameplay, so I'm willing to forgive it for being so dark and moody. Yeah, I did not try to let you win in any way, shape, or form. Um, I thought I had lost (laughs) because you forgot to tell me that there is end-of-game scoring until it was, like, happening. You're like, oh, yeah, by the way, there's some end-of-score point end of game scoring stuff that's going to happen i don't know how it works so i didn't explain it and i'm like great (laughs) awesome um but yeah the apparently that that was enough for me to win because i was down by like literally one point i think it was a very close game i think it was it was a really close game really it was like two points apart like you had 44 then 42 and then 40 or something like that yeah um but yeah beyond the sun is a great game it looks intimidating. It looks like there's this giant tech tree and stuff, but it really is pretty straightforward when, once you start looking at what each thing does. I will say it's very straightforward and easy to play on BGA, where it does all of the card drawing, and you just have to, like, this or that decisions. Because if I had to remember, like, if I had to be doing, like, the table state and board setup stuff for that game, forget it. I'm never playing yeah. it. It is a table hog for no real reason in, in real life. So this might become a game that we play like you, me, and Sydney play because we, Sydney and I love it. We'll play two-player games of this by ourselves. Um, and then now that you've won, it's more of an equal competition because it'll go all over the place. Uh, well, you say that, but beginner's luck is a real thing. And who even knows? And I don't know. You guys, I've played Viticulture and won that a lot of times. And you guys still routinely beat me at that. So, you know. Yeah. I like one. There are no guarantees in this in this life for me winning games. All right. Speaking of more guarantees that aren't guaranteed, um, game hosts. So anybody who chose to host a game, they were entered into another drawing. It did not matter whether or not your game filled or was even played. It's just if you were hosting something, you, there was an option for someone to join, um, then you qualified for this particular one. And I say that because... Oak Cleaver was our winner who had set up a potion explosion game and even set up, went through, set up the tournament for it. Like the table was ready and open, but no one actually joined. But <laughs> Oak, it wasn't for not because you won $100 for being one of our game hosts. Congratulations. And then I'm going to let you do the last one. This was All just right. the general attendance one. Yep. So if you played in at least two games, um, you were entered into this one, and the winner was Joe Monty. And Joe... Somebody who I played with in a game with three Joes. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think this was... Um, I think Joe and then his wife, Sarah, I want to say, were both playing. I think it was Sarah. Um, I didn't catch her name. She We were playing just one, and she was kind of hanging out and helping. Yeah him i think uh but they were new to bga so they they joined bga for i think for us and i taught them railroad inc at the end of the the last game i played with them joe scored near the bottom um but sarah scored near the top like she beat me in her very first Railroad Inc. game playing lava she beat me by like eight points why would you choose lava for their first we had just we had started it and it hadn't filled up yet so we're like oh there's two spots Mm. available if you guys want to join and get on the railroad bandwagon railroad train get on the train (laughs) yeah oh i forgot i was supposed to start a next station london game for um rachel oh did you i'm gonna do that now did you hear there's uh next station tokyo has been announced oh that's fun i still don't i don't know We'll, ha- we'll see how different it is. I'm so burned out on that game. But I'm still going to play it just for Rachel. Oh, I love it. I, 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 I don't play it as much now, but I do love it. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to the next station Tokyo. I don't know if it'll be on BGA or not, but I know it'll be out physically later this year is what I have recently heard. 
Uh, let's see. What else did I do? On Saturday, I decided since I was going to be sitting in front of the computer all day long that I would start – I would be painting miniatures at the same time. So I ended up getting three Marvel United miniatures painted. So Magneto, Professor X, and Mystique are now done. I'm up to 13. I have eight more from the second core box that – I hope to have finished by the next episode. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and yeah, we already talked about Fletcher not being here. I will post pics, I promise. Um, Terrence says pics or it didn't happen. For these ones, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to take the... Um, and I'll show, yeah, I'll show you guys on the camera after recording. But um, what I'm trying to do is take a picture of like the entire box. So I can be like, okay, this box is done click and there's the pictures and then that way it makes it a little bit easier if i'm doing it like expansions at a time i don't know how i'm going to do the stretch goals one where there's like a hundred miniatures in there that i'll probably break and break up into groups but i will have them all printed i am on a tear i tell you a tear (laughs) uh what else what other noticeable what is your favorite game of tgtcon well they were all so different i don't know I don't. I asked that question. I don't have an answer for it. Like, yeah, well, I just had a great time. You, sorry, I'm contemplating joining um, Gift of Tulips that Christy just posted on BGA <laughs> because I got distracted. I cannot keep a train of thought when BGA is around. Um, That's what happens. But yeah, I played a couple yeah, of Great Western. Trail I blame games. Christy. <laughs> I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say my favorite. And mm-hmm. not because I won, but because I really, really thought I lost. So I did the Great Western <laughs> Trail, um, I'll call it a seminar, on Friday night. And we played a game Friday night at 9 o'clock. And it was me, you, Steve, mm-hmm. and Kasinoko. Kasinoko? Kasinoko. Um, Kusinoki. Kusino- <laughs> I'm going to go with that. We'll go with that pronunciation. Kusinoki? Yeah. So... Steve was doing, Steve and I have played a lot of Great Western Trail together, and he's never beat me. And this particular game, I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, you, like, you've destroyed everybody in this game. I've been playing a lot of Marvel Snap, and had I had the ability to concede, I would have conceded. I'm like, you have, you have just, <laughs> you've destroyed us all. And he had a, a fantastic score of 101. Uh, your score was 57. Um, Kusi, you know, say that again. His real name is Todd, right. if that's easier for you. Todd got a score of 64. <laughs> and somehow, and I literally, to this point, I'm like, I even looked at the score sheet multiple times. Somehow I got 103. And, and I'm just like, I, I was excited about it. I, I was actually pumping fists and stuff because I expected to have lost. But that was my favorite is Steve should have won. And somehow I stole the victory from him. So now he must rematch me again. Oh, never... Give up on that brown cow. <laughs> uh, I love that game so, 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 so much. All right. Um, but any favorite memories to pop up now that I've given you mine? Um, I mean, playing just one real time is always so much fun. Uh, one of our first clues was zombie. So, of course, I typed cranberries. <laughs> and <laughs> all of the other players who were typing clues are like, what? But Marina Stevens immediately was like, ah, yes, 90s music. I understand. <laughs> so in, in conjunction with the other clues. That's, yeah, I love just one in person um, or on Zoom. Like just one on BGA <laughs> when you're all chatting at the same time is a blast. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good one to play over a call because you don't have to be like super talkative you don't have to really communicate with each other but it's so much funnier to try to like what were you thinking please justify this answer which one of the clues was it that got you to guess hammer it was obviously ball peen (laughs) (laughs) you know like just just to have those little little chats that was really fun i really liked that one um what else did i play i played a lot of azul uh, we tried a Carcassonne with the Princess and the Dragon expansion turned on. And uh, if only I had been able to eat Todd's farmer, I, it would have been good. Um, we'll just leave it at that. But no, I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> you only get so much control over the dragon. And I couldn't make the dragon eat that farmer. I 
Yeah, I'm still not sure I like Carcassonne. Actually, no, I'm still <laughs> I'm still sure that I don't like Carcassonne. You're certain you don't. Yeah. And that's fine. I really enjoy it. And I have other people I play games with on BGA now. And yeah, I can't figure out if um, I have very similar taste to Joe Hoover on BGA or if he just plays in all the games. I think he plays in all the games. <laughs> he's like, yeah, because he's in like all the games. <laughs> yeah. Have games, go play. It's basically what it comes down to. Um, all right. I think I think we're good. And while you were talking, I was able to take four more turns of BGA. So I am ready to actually do a podcast. Let's. The only turn I have is still your stinky turn. <laughs> You'll love it. I have I have to do reading to take this turn. <laughs> Next week, we will ask Kitty about her impressions <laughs> of my city. And she'll be like, fine, I like it, whatever. I don't know if I'll like it or dislike it. All I know is that you invited me as we began recording a <laughs> podcast. And it was like, start by reading this paragraph. And I was like, what? It's a, it's a legacy so. game. You got to like read the... I have to actually read the paragraph yeah. now. <laughs> That's how that works. Um, okay, so we're going to talk about a podcast that was forwarded to me this week that I said, hmm, this is interesting. It was forwarded to me by Sydney, and her exact response or the uh, tagline that came along with this is, this the best philosophical discussion about games I've ever listened to, at which I immediately took offense because she's listened to all of our episodes. <laughs> And I'm like, uh, hello. But I'm like, okay, fine. Uh, so I gave it a listen. None of us are literal <laughs> professors of philosophy. This is true. So. This is true. So I gave it a listen and I'm like, oh, all right. This is actually kind of interesting. And Rule Baker Investing, I think we've done at least one other episode on this, or at least I've mentioned we that before. We have 100% done an episode based on this before. No, I'm, I am certain yeah. that I have listened to this podcast before. And to do this podcast. Yeah. So so for those who don't remember, like myself, um, Rule Baker Investing is an investment podcast. It's it's a money podcast, essentially. Uh, but one of his things is, you know, one-third investing, one-third business, one-third life. That's that's how he likes to split this up. And he is a huge hobbyist gamer. Like he like every year around Christmas, he'll give a, a bunch of game recommendations for like to buy for Christmas, and they're all hobbyist games. Like they'll sometimes be on the casualer side because of the, they are Christmas presents and stuff. But he's you know he plays as many hardcore games as anyone has, and he loves talking about games. And he's had I see Reiner Knizia has been on as for an interview. Um, Jeremy uh, Stegmeier. Uh, Oh, there's a couple other big names that are escaping me that he's interviewed on his podcast. And he just likes trying to mix gaming into investing. And he thinks of investing as a kind of game, right? You can easily see how many points you're getting by how much money you have. So these gaming episodes that sitting before me from time to time, though, they don't really have anything to do with investing. Every once in a while, he tried to like bring it back to, oh, yeah, and this is how this relates to investing. But really, he was... This was just like a game podcast like anyone else. I will put the link in the show notes. So anyone who wants to listen to this and, you know, check the back catalog for other games he, or other uh, gaming episodes he might have done. That's kind of cool. Uh, but on this one, he had a professor of philosophy, uh, Ty, and I never can say this name, even though... Nguyen. Is it Nguyen? Or is it just Something Wen? Like is the N silent? I think you get like... When? <laughs> I don't know. All right. Um, well, he's a professor of philosophy. And he was on to talk about essentially gamification of life. But they started out, you know, essentially talking about what is a game. And mm -hmm. they had all kinds of, like, games that they mentioned. Catan, Pandemic, Code Weight Names. They even mentioned Wavelength, which is like a Kickstarter-only game that... I thought I was the only one who remembered that that game existed. Yeah. Like and I don't own it, so <laughs> so um the mine galaxy trucker, uh so they were you know throwing out all types of of games there and they would go a bit nerdy and he would always apologize like yeah we I know that my typical listeners have no idea what I'm talking about but really it's important but me and Chris were there yeah so <laughs> so it brought us in um 
but yeah, so I I really found it interesting, like just the definition of a game. The start off, they did three different definitions, and I'm gonna make you do the first one because I don't actually know what OED stands for, but. The Oxford English Dictionary. Oh, as soon as I said it, too, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Yes, I do. Okay. So this is how the Oxford... Defines a game. (laughs) The Oxford English Dictionary defines a game as a form of play or sport, especially a competitive one, played according to rules and decided by skill, strength, or luck. Of which the philosopher was like, this definition is terrible. It's a bad definition. I agree. When they were reading it out loud, I was like, that is a bad definition. Yep. And his main thing was it's circular. Because if you look at the definition of sport, it typically is going to reference a game. So mm-hmm. games are defined via sport. Sports are defined via games. Therefore, it is a bad definition. Oxford English Dictionary, seriously, revise. So then Webster said... Oh, I'm doing all the reading? Uh-huh. <laughs> a physical or mental competition... I don't know what that is. Competition. All right. Condition? Or was it just a double type? I think it was there? a double type. Okay. A physical or mental competition according to rules with the participants in direct competition to each or Yeah. To, competition to each other, yeah. I think is what you meant to write. That is what I meant to write. I was typing on an iPad on the train. Um, yeah. And he did not like this one either because it, essentially by this, and I thought this interesting, it's like, you can actually (laughs) apply this to so many things that we would not consider games. And he would mention, like, um, courtroom, like, where... Yeah. Yeah. Just... This could apply to a legal battle in a courtroom, because you follow a set of rules, there are... You are in competition with each other, and... that That's it. That's the whole definition. And it doesn't take cooperative games into play at all. Because mm-hmm. neither of these do. Yeah. So I guess the other one allows for there not to be direct competition, but does say especially a competitive one. Yep. But yeah. So then they reference, and I don't know who this person is. Um, I need. I want to actually see if this book's on Audible. Um, and I, I know I didn't spell the name right, but I think Bernard Sweets or Suits Sweets. Something uh, he wrote whatever. a book called The Grasshopper. Um, I'm gonna actually the grasshopper. We're just both googling now. This is terrible radio. Hey, <laughs> we're so far in that we just you know whatever. <laughs> um, I don't want the 1970s movie. Yeah. So Bernard Suits. Oh, I did spell it right. Uh, nice. He wrote a book in the 70s about games and game development and he gave a definition that i hate the illustration on this cover it is literally a grasshopper and it's creepy because it's the it's front, a very creepy grasshopper front, and i hate it yeah, the just front be half. warned if you google this just, yeah the grasshopper games life and utopia um but his definition was and I, of course i'm going to read the one that everyone likes The voluntary attempt to overcome unnecessary (laughs) obstacles to play a game is to attempt to achieve a specific state of affairs using only means permitted by the rules. And in general, this is a fantastic definition for a game. Voluntary attempt to overcome unnecessary obstacles within a rule set. And a couple things came out of that as, as they were talking, and... The one was that I found interesting is at the end of this book, spoiler for a book that no one's read, um, but that was been around for 40 plus years. um, His premise is games are the purpose of life. And I'm like, that's very interesting. And he's like, to prove that, imagine a world where we've solved all of life's problems. There's no hunger. There's no war. Everyone's happy. Everything's good. What would you do? You'd play games. Otherwise, you'd be bored out of your mind. So playing games must be the purpose of life. Everything else is just getting you to the point where all you have to do is play games all day long. I mean, I don't know if that's completely true, because I think that people would also um, pursue other creative endeavors, things like art, poetry, music. I suppose. Things things like that. Designing games. Um, But yeah, I, I do think there would be a lot more play in a world where we didn't have real struggle yeah and i'm like yeah all right i like that i think and i think and we can see that in our real day-to-day lives right we play games when they're when all of our i don't know I, I, this is probably too 
broad, but you're not typically you're not pulling out a game if there's a more pressing problem to be handled, right? Mm-hmm. But when you are in a state where it's like, okay, I have nothing pressing to worry about, so eh, let's play a game. And it's that kind of the thing that you get to. It's like when I can play a game, I I know that I'm in a good spot. Mm-hmm. So I like that. Um, they also mentioned that cheaters aren't really winning the game because you can't win the game if you go outside of the rules of the game. They are just creating the appearance of winning the game. I loved the example they brought up here of the lady who cheated at the Boston Marathon. (laughs) I had never heard of this before. It's ridiculous. It's like, what is, what is the point? And they, like, this is something they were talking about too, is, you know, um, in a way a marathon is a game because you know, you can just run, you can get from point A to point B in so many different ways. But the point of being of participating in a marathon is to follow the rules of how to get there. And by breaking that rule, she she cheated at the game. Yeah. They were talking about like, and that was, they used a couple different examples, like basketball. Mm-hmm. You could just get a stepladder and put the ball in the hoop. That's not the point. The point is yeah. within the confines of the rules... Don't tell the Harlem Globetrotters so. <laughs> No, 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 no. But they're not actually playing a game, <laughs> but they do like their step letters. And it is fascinating to watch. Uh, but yeah, I found that like super interesting. And I do think that I'm going to see... Actually, I have it up on Amazon now. Is this available on Audible? It doesn't look like it. If it were, I'd be... This would be on my reading list. It is not. Therefore, it is not. Also, wow, this is expensive. The hardcover is like yeah. fifty bucks. The paperback's eighty five dollars. It's out of it's out of print. <laughs> it's, These are like vintage used copies. It's ridiculous. Yeah. This hmm, this needs a second edition, I think. Someone else can pick it up and, and make a second edition. So I found the, that very interesting. So they, they established essentially the rules of what the game is. And then they mentioned um Kinesia and how he like apparently I think he gave an interview or maybe he was talking to the hoster of the show or something, but his premise was the most important tool when designing a game is the scoring system because giving what what the scoring system essentially gives a point or purpose to whatever you're about to do. So Mm -hmm. it's what says, Hey, in railroad Inc, you want to connect the routes because it's going to give you a, a bunch of points, right? And yep. if you didn't have that, it's like, well, then what am I doing? It's, it's, mm-hmm. there's nothing, you know, it's pointless. And what I found super interesting about this was humans are incredibly good at falling into point based structures or just essentially, um, it doesn't have to be points, but scoring, you know, conforming to a scoring system. If you mm-hmm. do X, you're going to get this. If you do Y, you're going to get that. If, you know, if this is better than that, then I'm going to go for the this, right? It's just yeah, human nature it, to do I this. I think it like it taps into our like hunter gatherer nature of like I need to have the most things. This will make me the most secure and the best if I have the most things. And you can make it anything and say this is a good thing and you want it. And humans are like, okay, I'll collect it. I want them. Yeah, which got to their main point and. You know, 35 minutes in, we'll get to their main point as well. Um, well, and I don't think they agreed, right? <laughs> yeah. There. So the philosopher, um, Ty, and I don't know the name. I should know the name of the actual podcast host. I don't. I'm terrible. I'm terrible <laughs> at this. But um, so we're just going to call it the philosopher it. and the investor. Um, his premise was essentially, if you give people a scoring system, they will do whatever it is to focus on that scoring system. And that is the main way that we can gamify life. And you see it all the time. Um, Fitbit was used as an example, right? You know, get your steps in. Can we, you know, get your 6,000 steps or 10,000 steps? How many steps do you have? Am I, do I have more steps than you? And every Christmas, there was this Christmas, there were a couple of Fitbits um, passed around and steps going out there. Um, Shout out to you, Evie and, and steps. Are you still stepping? Are you? Are you? But um, like you're, you immediately start scoring and comparing yourself to other people. And he was like, this can be, 
This isn't necessarily good because it can cause you to focus on only the things that you're scored for and not the other things that make it like make it worth doing. Yeah. So you're focusing on getting your steps in because it gives you the points, not because you are getting more fit, you are being healthy. These are healthy choices. And it's very easy to gamify certain things, but not others. And if you're only focusing on the aspects of your life that you can gamify, you are neglecting balance in your life, basically. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I'm going to go take a walk, but I'm not going to pay attention to anything I'm walking past because I'm doing it for the steps. I'm not doing it for the enjoyment of being outside and taking a walk. Mm -hmm. And... And and I mean, I've never really thought about this. Like, I'm very manipulated by gamification. Most people mm-hmm. are. Um, and I never really thought of it that way. But I'm like, that's so true. I actively try not to be. Because I, I do think, I, I agree with the philosopher over the investor here. I agree with Ty, not David. David Gardner is the name of the host of the podcast. Ty and David, philosopher, investor. Got it. <laughs> um, Yeah, and I think that gamification does something to our brains that it it doesn't give you a lot of like flexibility space to it it doesn't give you a lot of flexibility it doesn't give you like the space to relax if everything is a game you are constantly in a state of stress of trying to win the game yeah and and I don't like that. I don't like the like, I don't want to be in competition with my friends all the time. I don't want to feel like, oh, I'm mad at my mom because she get, she always gets more steps. I can never beat her at steps. So why, you know, so I just, I don't worry about it. Um, the, the, the gamification that I have much more um, both enjoyment and issue with is streaks. Yes. I hate breaking a streak. <laughs> so while I never pay that much attention to who has more steps, who has whatever, I I want to fill my rings every day because Apple tells me I'm good if I fill my rings every day. I reward you saying you've you've broken a new record. <laughs> Look, I I have badges. I get things, and I I don't have to compete with anyone but myself. It is only me and the arbitrary goals that Apple has set for me. And it, it, yeah, I have, as Taryn said, I've separated the gamification from the competitive aspect of play. Like of comparing with your <laughs> friends, right? Yeah. 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 I don't have to compete with anyone, but I still get the gamification. Now, this is a good example of the, ph- the philosopher's mindset winning here, too. Um, I haven't given the example yet, but I'm about to. It's the streaks thing. <laughs> I Mm -hmm. had a streak going where filling all my rings was, I think it was just the exercise ring that, or it might have been the um, activity ring. It was one of the rings. And Mm -hmm. I had, I don't know, like 400 days of streak going there to the point that I would like occasionally just, you know, sometimes I just get up and move because I need to. And sometimes I just lower my goal a little bit because I'm like, okay, there's no way I'm going to do this. <laughs> and I want to keep my streak. Cheating. So I'm going to lower You're my cheating goal. cheating against yourself. Hey, <laughs> who do I hurt? Just me. Um, but it was all about the streak, right? It was just keeping that streak. But here's the mm-hmm. thing that, like, the reason why this isn't necessarily good. I switched mm-hmm. watches. And because I got a new watch (laughs) and the new watch skipped a day of data from the old watch, which broke my streak. Now, in real life, I didn't break the streak. I was still on that path, but my watch didn't know anymore. And so everything was reset and I no longer even tried. I'm like, yep, Mm -hmm. I'm never going to hit that streak again. So, oh, well, I guess I'll just sit on the couch and eat chips. And I don't know if that's a good thing where the, if it's not for the gamification, if it's not for the streak and increasing that streak, if it's you're like you're doing it for a different reason than what you should be doing it for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's not good for you. But I I get much more caught up in the streaks than I get caught up in the competitive gamification, the, the earn the most points. Yeah. Well, it happened on Wordle, too. Actually, one of the reasons I don't do Wordle anymore is because my streak got broken and I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I'm currently, um, I have a 39-day streak going. 
Yeah. Still on Wordle. Every once in a while, I either forget to play or I don't get it. I still have a pretty high percentage win on Wordle. I have a 96% win streak, like win rate. But um, yeah. So Miles asks, but surely if you get to the point, that point, you have a health benefit that drives you to keep going. No. <laughs> um, my lazy benefit overrides my health benefit. I have been in all types of health in, in the last 30 years, 40 years. I'm turning 49 on Thursday. Um, and I love being healthy. I love being able to, you know, say, hey, I ran a marathon yesterday. I I love that, but not enough for it to actually drive my behavior to the point where, like, the reason I, the, the healthy I was ever in my life was when I, I wasn't going out and exercising. I was going to martial arts class. I was just going to say, I think we're skipping here because, or, or maybe they talked about it earlier too. The philosopher brings up one of his favorite things is rock climbing. Yes. Because rock climbing is a way to be fit that is in itself fun. Yep. You are not making it fun by earning points, making these things arbitrary. It in and of itself is fun. And that's the same with martial arts. And especially if you have a community around you where you have friends who are doing the same thing as you. And uh, this was dance for me when I used to take ballet classes with Eve and Sydney sometimes and do that kind of stuff. So much easier to get in that habit of exercising when it doesn't feel like, Ugh, I'm just doing this because it's good for my body. You're doing it because... I love the way this feels. I love listening to the music. I love seeing my friends. I love being here in this moment. You're never going to feel the same way, no matter how excited you are to make your streak, if you are doing it by, I mean, although this is what I do now, is just walking on a treadmill, staring out the window. (laughs) (laughs) But I like doing that because it is a quiet break from my children where I get to listen to whatever I want to, I, whatever podcast or audiobook I care to. <laughs> and I enjoy that peaceful 30 minutes where someone else is in charge of my children. And then I get to go take a shower. It's almost... And it's great. Yeah, it's meditative. It's kind of the same <laughs> thing, right? It's like, yes, just walking on the treadmill, staring out the window is boring. But at a certain point, it's like, but that's what I want. I just want to be bored it's for 30 minutes. It's what I minutes. need. <laughs> I just want peace and quiet for 30 minutes sometimes. Um, So, well, and the way he mentioned this, (sighs) he being the philosopher, is there are two types of struggle when you're playing a game. Mm -hmm. There's achievement-based struggle. And that's what we typically think. You play the game because winning is valuable. To win. Right. You're playing to win. And then there's striving struggle, where you're playing the game because the struggle to get to the end of the game is worth it by itself. Mm-hmm. And that's where things like rock climbing and martial arts and that you don't necessarily think of these as games, but the concept is the same. It's not that you're trying to win by getting healthy. It's that the journey, what you're doing to get healthy is enjoyable in and of itself. And that's why mm-hmm. you're doing it. And that's why you keep doing it. And we have talked about this before where, you know, playing to win versus playing for fun. That's how I've I've always mentioned it. And yeah. if you're playing to win a game, you are going to be disappointed more often than not, especially if you're a multiplayer game, because odds are you're not going to be the one that wins. But if you're playing and you just have fun when you're playing, it doesn't matter if you win or not. Your your time is well spent because you're enjoying that time. And the one of the examples that he gave was Twister. Twister is a game. <laughs> and, and this is this was phenomenal. There's to a me. few of these games too. There are some really good examples yeah. here. Yeah. So Twister was so Twister's a game that you don't really care if you win. But if you're not trying to win, it's not fun. Because uh-huh. the fun part of Twister is is failing. But you can you can't fail on purpose and be like No one thinks that's funny. Exactly. Um it reminds me of Groundhog's Day. Because recently Groundhog's Day, where you know the, he has the the perfect date and the snowball fight, and everything just organically happens because it just happens. But then when he tries to make it happen, doing the exact same thing, it just it falls flat. So mm-hmm. you have to want to win in order for the failures to be fun, and that's fascinating to me. You know, and if you go back to Groundhog's Day, I feel like the whole point 
of that movie is he has to let go of his expectations. And it's a very anti-gamification movie because the only way he breaks the loop is by not caring that he's in the loop anymore. Yeah. Yep. Just learning to to enjoy and embrace where he is. <laughs> yeah. Terrence actually mentions, it's like, how many people sign up for a 5K and expect to win? Right? <laughs> so, and I mean, there's a, a percentage. It's a small percentage. Most people, for them, it's just finishing. Finishing is the winning for them. Unless you're like a 18 to 22 year old man. No way. Yeah. Are you ever going to win? I stood there and watched... Because I did not actually run in the turkey trot this year. I merely stood there while my family did. And I don't know when my family turned into a turkey trot family. Because I thought we were a mimosa family. <laughs> but now we're a turkey trot family. And I blame my sisters. <sighs> but I was at the turkey trot. And I was helping my sister's boss um, at the finish line. And yeah, watching those like... Seriously, there were people who were still at the start line. When someone has finished the 5K. Yeah. that That's ridiculous. Yeah. Because you can finish a 5K. I mean, it... Uh, I think it was 18 minutes. Yeah. And even that, it can be done faster, right? Like that 18 yeah, minutes... Yeah, this, this was a turkey trot. This was a casual turkey trot. Yeah. They probably had, you know, two glasses of beer before they started running at that point. <laughs> um, uh, there was a gong that you got to hit on the way. There were like hundreds of pounds of bacon that somebody had cooked up. There was, there was a lot going on at this turkey trot. But the turkey trot, and for those who don't know, turkey trot is a 5K that happens around <laughs> Thanksgiving. Um, it's just... On Thanksgiving morning. Yeah. And But, I mean, that type of thing is just like going out, finishing it. That is fun in and of itself. Just the act of playing it. We also have, um, and I haven't done this in years, but there's a hot chocolate run where it's another 5K... And at the end, you get, like, hot chocolate and chocolate fondue and stuff like that. It is completely counterintuitive. There's no health benefit to it whatsoever because a single cup of hot chocolate is canceling all of your 5K calories. And at least the one in Chicago, when you do it, you can't actually run. No, it's a, it's a 5K shuffle. There, it's, it's barely a shuffle. Like, you are just, like, walking quietly at grandma pace yeah, it's a, unless you're like gonna push people it's a waddle now a lot of these things like if you qualify you can be in the front so you can actually run but most of the time it's just i'm gonna waddle <laughs> to the finish line and then get my chocolate covered strawberry um but like if those were happening every week it'd still be kind of fun to go out and do it i don't think a net health benefit works maybe I would. my favorite 5ks are the one where you run a 5k and then they hand you a beer yes you're like really well i mean i ran this when i ran the <laughs> chicago marathon um the whole at the end of the chicago marathon was 312 which was mm-hmm. like the chicago's um area code is 312 and so we have a local brewery that brews 312 and so you cross the finish line after running 26.2 miles and grab a beer. There's Goose Island. <laughs> yep. <laughs> They've got your back. <laughs> so it's like, all right. And it's really easy to uh, drink all those calories right back, but you just feel terrible after. No, that was good. I loved running the marathon. I'm happy I did it. I am decided I will never run again after that. And for the most part, I've stuck to that. I trained to run a marathon, I ran the marathon, and I'm like, okay, done. Again, a gamification thing. I didn't run the marathon Mm -hmm. because I enjoyed running. I ran the marathon so I could say that I did it. And I didn't win, as Terrence mentions. So why bother? Because now I can say I ran a marathon. And there is only a very small percentage of people in the world that can say that. So I'm like, that's what I want to do. I was in the best health of my life, and I'm like, I'm just going to go do this. And... It was great. I didn't cheat. I crossed within the allotted amount of time. Um, I certainly didn't run the entire way, but I ran most of it. And I, yep, <laughs> I was like, achievement unlocked. Check. And that's why I ran the marathon. And there was a, I've also r- jumped out of airplanes for the same reason. I'm like, I just want to say I've done it. And now I did that twice because you, once you jump the first time, you get like a super discount on the second time. So I'm like, well, I guess it's just cheaper. So I'll do it twice. Um, but now I can say I've jumped out of an airplane twice, but I'll never do it again. I don't need to. Achievement unlocked. Done. <laughs> the rest of the passengers weren't as happy. It's true. That is one of the most scariest things I've ever done is because when you 
um, jump out of an airplane that you're going up in essentially like a cargo train or a cargo plane of some sort. And then there's like this giant garage door on the side of the plane or normal size garage door, but it feels giant when it's on a plane. Um, and they don't close it, or at least in my experience, they didn't close it. So I'm sitting next to this door with no parachute on because we're jumping tandem. Someone else has the parachute, but I'm like right next to this door as we're going up to 12,000 feet. And I still don't have a parachute on, but I'm looking over the ledge. I'm like, hmm, that seems like a bad idea. I'm hooked on with like one little clip onto a a central cable. And I'm just like, all right, this is, yeah, it's a whole lot scarier. Skydiving is a lot scarier before you jump out of the plane. Once you've jumped out, you're not scared anymore. There's nothing to be afraid of. Like fate will take things from there. But before, when you have that choice as to whether or not you're going to jump out or not, that's when you're actually like, what am I doing? And yeah, I'm gamifying. And like. that's why I, I've <laughs> never done it and never will. I did fly an airplane once. So. Um, I didn't get to fly. I've taken ground school and uh, that's a long story, but it makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> My mom's friend is a flight instructor and you have to have like so many hours to keep your license current. And he was like, I need to go up this weekend and asked my mom if we wanted to go. So he took me and my sister up and we got like, you know, 30 minute flying lesson. Yeah. Uh, see, and I would do that too. Now. All right. Back- it's fun. That because I don't have to jump out of anything. No, you just stay in the plane. <laughs> it was only slightly more exciting than driving a car. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because you really, like, driving a car is actually a little bit more fun. You can do donuts in a parking lot. You typically don't want to do donuts with a tr- with a plane. No. So, and the, for uh, those... The hardest part of flying the plane was steering it on the ground, because you have to steer with your feet, and you're holding a steering wheel, and if you know how to drive, you're like, this is how I make this move, but it's not. Yep. For those who don't know, I mentioned donuts in a parking lot. This is a icy winter thing, where you take your car into an icy parking lot, and then you drive in really tight circles, and you're just spinning around in a circle in your car. Um, back when, in my day... I, I don't do that either, no, though. No, no. But, <laughs> so, but when I was younger, um, my dad used to love doing this. And back in the 70s, early 80s, most cars were real, rear-wheel drive. So you would go forward mm-hmm. and do donuts. Um, nowadays, if you want to do it, you have to do it in reverse. Because you can't... The driving wheels have to be on the other side, so they have to be you have to be getting pushed in order to do a, a nice tight circle. But um, and if you have an all wheel drive, forget yeah, it. Then you can't do donuts. Come on. Um, all right. So other gamification things that he mentioned that I did not even think of um, GPA. So your grade point average yep. is a gamification of life, and I'm like, I never really thought about that, but I've always saw it as a score, essentially. Mm-hmm. Right. I feel like maybe if somebody had told me. That it was a game and that I could win, I would have cared more at school. But um, also, I like they talk about like what value does it really add? You know, like past your first job, nobody. And honestly, I don't even know if my first job looked at my GPA. I don't think they cared. They were like, "You have a degree, great, cool. Yep, here's a job." <clears throat> For me, the only thing with GPAs is I wanted to see something. In the three range, but I immediately ruled out any 4.0s. 4.0s were an automatic no. <laughs> um, and and again, it's because the, the number's there. So it's like, you know, and for me, the reason I did that is ruling out the 4.0s is because I'm like, I don't want someone who only focuses on school. I want someone who's a little bit more well-balanced. And to me, a 4.0 meant that you had, like, one focus, and it wasn't the right one in my mind. Now, this was when I was doing interviews for game programming, where I'm like, you need to, like, have some downtime. You can't just have a 4.0 overall. Um, It wasn't a hard and fast rule, but it was one of those things where if I'm looking at the number, I'm like, eh, 4.0. Now, I didn't have a 4.0. I don't want to hire someone that has a 4.0. That was my thought about it. Um, Investing. So, the investor in the podcast thinks about investing as a game. And this is where they kind of went a little bit back and forth on whether or not thinking of investing as a game is a good thing or bad thing. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Like, Because it was, yeah, I, I, I'm like, I can go either way. Well, I think they had a really interesting conversation about this. And you should totally listen to this podcast if you are in any way interested. If you're still listening to us, they're, they did a better job. They did a much better job. I I don't know why we're just like recapping 
smarter people than us is podcast. But um, so the investor saw it much more as like, uh, I'm trying to think of like, he, you know, he has like the this set of rules that he has set up for himself that he likes to play within these rules and that, you know, because they were talking about if you're just investing to win, you're not going to care about, you know, the moral implications of what you're investing in and that there is other value besides just the points of getting the most money by investing the smartest. And that if you are just gamifying the system and trying to get the most, be the best, you are not going to be the type of person perhaps that um, the philosopher thinks that the world needs more of. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is not an example they use, but I think it's one that might work is, you know, ExxonMobil, you know, they made $80 billion last year, right? As everyone else was suffering from high gas prices. Um, but if you invested in ExxonMobil, you made a lot of money off of that. So is mm-hmm. that a good move, right? And you see that in, yeah. in a lot of tabletop games, you see that as well. It's like, well, I can do this move that's going to get me more points, but it's also going to, you know, really make it a bad experience for another player at the game or, you know, at the table or something like that. Um, and that's the philosopher kind of brought up this point of like, you know, the point of a game is the points don't matter. That's what makes it a game. And when we try to make real life a game, the points have consequences. The points are not just points. The points are articulated into a real life action. Yeah. And so there's no way that, you know, if you're looking at philosophy, like um, investing in a way where it's just, I'm going to get the most points, it's not good. But if you're thinking of it, it's like there are these altruistic benefits of like they talk about buying fair trade coffee. And this isn't even investing. This is just using spending your money. If you are buying fair trade coffee, if you are buying coffee that has that fair trade label, you have put value on something that is, I, I want to make sure that I am putting my money where my mouth is, doing things that I believe in. I am not just going to buy the cheapest coffee I can because then I have more points. Right. You know, and if you think of it that way, there is no value to fair trade coffee. But if you're thinking of it as a moral decision, not a game, then you are going to buy the fair trade coffee because that's the ethical thing to do. Yeah. And, and to recap what you said, like points don't matter in a game. Basically, what he was saying is when you're playing a game, the points matter. Mm-hmm. But after you're done playing the game, there's no long term consequence to that game. Yes. It's encapsulated. But when you gamify life, there is long term consequence because now mm-hmm. it is literally your life that you're gamifying. And mm-hmm. I think it's an interesting way to think about that. Now, I think you can, you know, he also mentioned you can modify the game to fit your needs. And I think that's where they kind of settled on, um, you know, it's like, well, you're trying to make a game that makes investing work for you, that investing game work for you. And you can modify it to like kind of fit your parameters. So you can make that happen. Um, but what made me think, about this, and I've actually, this is one of the things I have um, a strong pet peeve against in my work. Um, if you work in really kind of probably any kind of tech industry, but especially software, you and or potentially um, manufacturing, you've heard the term agile. We want to be agile in this, that, or whatever. Well, agile is a process of management that allows you to measure different aspects of quote-unquote success and i hate it not agile itself but (laughs) agile agile scrum is the most common one and it is the most broken one and what it does is essentially say look you're going to agree to do a certain number of tasks over the next two weeks and so you have to estimate how long these tasks are going to do and if you get them done great kudos you got you completed everything you needed to do in those two weeks if you don't get them done then we're going to reevaluate your ability to estimate and we're going to look into why you weren't able to complete these tasks. Well, as soon as you start scoring something like that, you start gaming that because that's all this is. It's a game. So all I have to do is say, you know something? I think I can do 10 tasks, but if I don't, then I'm going to get in trouble for it. So, but if I say I can do five tasks and I complete it and have a week left to do whatever I want, 
not only will I be praised for it, like I'll get a week off. And that is literally what happens in this type of system where you're like, well, you if you don't live up to your commitments, we're going to penalize you for it. But if you do, then great, you're rewarded. So I'm just going to do the lowest possible thing and all productivity across the board goes down in this system. And it drives me nuts. But this is just management across the board. Any management process that has, and this is around that review time for a lot of people, that has measurable goals. This is the term my company use. We need goals that are measurable. Anything that has measurable goals can be gamed. Mm -hmm. And it does nothing for anybody except for make it easy because now managers can say, okay, here's the score. This is what you said you were going to do. This is what you actually did. So therefore your score is low or high depending on whatever. Like it's so frustrating to watch that kind of management style happen because nobody benefits from it. And it's it's just, ah, oh, I hate it. I agree with the philosopher on this one. I don't know. You're a stay-at-home mom. How do you how do you attain your measurable goals? Um kids alive at the end don't. of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone is alive. There are clothes to wear tomorrow that are clean enough. Everyone is fed. I don't think there's any poop on any surfaces <laughs> of my home. I consider that a win. Yep. But you don't need measurable goals to say, yes, I am achieving what I need to achieve. So anyway, um, that's that's my that's my rant. We can end on my rant unless you have something else to add. I don't think so. <laughs> All right. There is one rebuke that the investor made, which was gamification allows you to score your progress. And yeah, but again, to my point, do we really want to score progress on everything we do? <laughs> And maybe this is just like the the past preschool teacher in me, and um, I don't know. Like I've I've started. I try much more to focus on um, process than product, and um, doing things well and with intention. And you can bring that to like any aspect of your life. And so for me, that that's kind of where I like to focus my energy and attention. And it's not as measurable, but I know I know when I'm feeling it. I know when I'm being intentional. I know when I am in the moment and I I enjoy that feeling. So I look for it more. Yeah. I think I think that's much better than just like do the numbers match up. Sometimes yeah. like I said, I'm motivated by numbers as well. I just Who isn't sometimes? Yeah, it's just and, you know, we're all board gamers. Like, <laughs> of course, we're going to enjoy games, you know, like, and when you can find something that's going to get you to stand up every hour for 10 minutes, you know, it's it's not that harmful. But yeah. you do have to think about why you're doing things and be intentional. You know, I'm going to end on a different thing because you just made me think about it. <laughs> the other part to, to worry about for gamifying things is all games eventually become boring we don't want to play that mm -hmm. game anymore we're done with it and then we move on and if that was your sole motivation to do whatever you were doing then that means your motivation for doing that thing is gone because now the game has become boring so yeah all right go ahead and read this outro before uh before we have more the final thoughts <laughs> <laughs> Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. You can be part of our live recording Monday nights at 8.30 Central. Join our Discord to continue the conversation. It is also where you can join us and other listeners in a constant stream of online games on Board Game Arena. The show notes have all the links you need, and you can always go to tabletopgamecock.com for more information and to search our growing archive of episodes. And Kitty's going to win this game because I'm not going to make her read the the patreon names <laughs> i was watching to see if you had <laughs> typed my name in there um <laughs> uh, so i will say hosting fees and giveaways are sponsored by our patrons who supported all of our giveaways for tgtcon and thank you and all of the shipping and all the stuff that we give away I, really i can't appreciate you all enough um which is why we read your name and names and make it sound like it's an agonizing thing every week it isn't um <laughs> So thank you, Adam and Miles and Sahara and Michael and listener and the gift of games and listener. <laughs> Dog. This is what happens when you try to cheat the system. Chris. I know. I'm just going to, but I'm on a first name basis. So we're going to keep doing this. 
Jason, John, Joe, Emil, uh, Danita, Jim, Steve, Gary, Peter, Andrew, John. I was going to say sir. Um, well, I'm going to say John again. <laughs> um, Matthew, Jimothy, Michael, Paul. Did that in the wrong order. Um, Weatherman Keith. I could just go Keith, but we're not that close yet. Uh, <laughs> Leanne, Stephen, Marina. Marina, Marina, uh, we get there. Ben, Sean, Michael, Jeremy, Christopher, Terrence, Richard, Tolkien, fan forever. Uh, Stephen, Joe, David, <laughs> Brian, Courtney, Ryan, Dan, Darren, David, Jesse, Charles, Agnes, that there's more. Ron, Aaron, Don, Glenn, Eric, Adrian, Adrian, Eric, Jason, Jerry, Sean, Christy, Monica, and Michael. We have a lot of repeated first names, um, but really, next time I'll just do the last names, so uh, that'll work too. And thanks to everyone who's ever been a patron. Your support does mean the world to us, past, present, and future. Until next week, keep playing games and having fun. So you have a new Apple Watch now, right? It's not new. But you have an Apple Watch? I have an Apple Watch. And why aren't we- I got it for my birthday last year. Well, it seems new to me because <laughs> time flies. But we're not on there, so I can't see your achievements when you make achievements. So you have to like share your achievement stuff with me so it can be publicized. Okay. All right. Or we can just play games in BGA. That sounds like more fun.